0: Testing, one, two, three, testing, okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here. This is Eurofolk Radio. And uh, sorry for the delay technical problem here at my end, but not the the bad kind of technical problems I used to have. Now that I have this uh, really excellent uh, working hotspot, which actually works like a Ethernet cable when you hook it up a certain way. I was amazed when I discovered this. The uh, salesman who sold me this thing never explained that this hotspot can work without Wi-Fi, which is really nice. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. So today's topic is going to be the history of the homosexual movement in America. And I think I'll just put the link into the chat area so people can reference it and uh, send it to their friends and relatives as well. It actually goes back to the day, it's well over 100 years old, the the, the attempt to infiltrate the churches, Christian churches only, because the Jewish uh, synagogues are already full of homosexuals. But, uh, it goes back to the tax-exempt corporations, which were created at the same time as the Federal Reserve Bank, and the income tax amendment, so the Jews exempted themselves from taxation, so they could use their money for charitable <laughs> charitable purposes. Yes, yeah, the history of buggery. Absolutely, that's that's what we got. So the title of this article. Hold on, while I take a sip of coffee here. Predatory gays have infiltrated the church, trying to destroy her. Priest on Abuse Crisis, and it has definitely reached crisis proportions. What hasn't reached crisis proportions today? Everything has. And we have to keep on hammering on the Jew that's behind it. And as I was just talking with my friend Jim here in Harrison, Arkansas, the good news is that there are more people awakened to the Jewish question than is evident from any reliable source, such as mainstream media, well, I can't call them a reliable source, but even alternative media. And the proof of that is when you go into the comments section of any website that has to do with anything controversial, you will find that people in the comments section are dominantly, predominantly Christian identity or very conservative. So they know what's going on. And they often cite the Jews as the problem. So the the idea that the Jews are God's chosen people and that we need to somehow worship them and support them, that's fading fast thanks to alternative media and thanks to the great awakening that is happening here. It's just not evident in, you know, obviously not on television, radio, etc., because those things are totally owned and controlled by Jews. However, alternative media does a much better job of discussing this issue and then the comment uh, sections on those websites do an even better job of exposing the Jew. So it, it all is not lost. The, the world is not as totally bamboozled as it would seem, even though, of course, uh, uh, Michael <laughs> referenced it this morning, that Satan would deceive the whole world, and pretty much has, uh, except for the elect who cannot be deceived. So let me repeat the title here. Predatory gays have infiltrated church trying to destroy her priest on abuse circle, a crisis. A priest in Minnesota provides some excellent historical information to cut to the root of the problem in the church today. I doubt that he'll talk about Jews, but he'll probably talk about, you know, the corporations and the evil people in charge of these corporations. The following is a transcription of the August 19, 2018 homily given at the Church of St. Raphael in Crystal, Minnesota by Father Robert Altier. Now, the Catholic Church is part of the problem, big part of the problem. And you know, the, there's a video here to say communists and homosexuals infiltrating the church. Well, these are all done and financed by the Jews and their tax exempt corporations. September 10th, 2018. In the second reading today, St. Paul tells us that we are, we have to make the most of our opportunity because the days are evil. And are they ever? We aren't just simply living in the days that are evil. We are living in the days that Isaiah spoke about, the days when they will call evil good and good evil. And we have been brainwashed into thinking that evil things are okay. They are not. So, from this point forward, what I am about to say is completely politically incorrect. And if you have young ears that you don't want to hear it, you may want to take a 15-minute walk. Well, that sermon could go on for hours, documenting the infiltration of the churches by homosexuals, Jews, and uh, other entities. In the last couple of weeks, we have heard some pretty unfortunate things. A cardinal of the church who abused children and young men, and now in Pennsylvania, the grand jury reported three hundred one priests violated more than a thousand children. This is simply the Catholic Church, folks. Who knows what's going on in the so-called Protestant churches anymore? And uh, you know, transgenderism and, and uh, homosexuality have infiltrated the Protestant churches as well. And on top of that, we have the Episcopal cover-up. The word Episcopal means bishops. So the cover-up by the bishops. And it's not just simply a cover-up. It's an agenda. Thank you very much. Man, isn't it refreshing to hear the truth plainly spoken, even without the word Jew being in uh, ins- inserted, is the word. I mean. Jew suits, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, the RCC in big trouble. And, of course, the poop, the grand poop at the Vatican, he is the child molester-in-chief, is what he is. If you've listened carefully... Since 2002, when all this broke, and by the way, this is the homosexual takeover of the Catholic Church, goes all the way back to the 1970s and even earlier, probably 1960s, with Vatican II. Because I remember, I think Dan Johns and I did on Talk Shoe in the early 2000s, an expose of a priest, a heterosexual priest who wanted to become a Catholic. He was already. In uh, whatever they call their college of priests seminary, and in, in San Diego, and he wrote about in very disgusting terms how bad the homosexual problem was in this in this seminary in San Diego, and if and of course that's California, <laughs> and as California goes, so goes the rest of the country. Unfortunately. And he said it was so bad that he had to quit, and he could not be a Catholic priest because homosexuality was too rampant in the Catholic Church among the priests. Okay? So this goes way, way back. It just broke in 2002, however. Anyway, since 2002, when all this broke, the bishops keep on coming back to the same point. Pedophilia. It's pedophilia. It's pedophilia. It's pedophilia. No, it's not. In fact, the John Jay Institute, the group that the bishops themselves hired to look at was going on, came back and said, this is a homosexual problem, (laughs) all right? It's a homosexual problem. 86 homosexuals are predators. They're predators. They want easy scores. And what's easier than a terrified child?" That's right. A terrified child, because for some reason they get off on the terror, and and most rapists do. They get off on the fear of the victim. It's all about fear and uh, debauchery. It's certainly not about love, and it's certainly not about pride. It's about disgusting debauchery. That's what it is, and and predatory predatory sexuality that's what it's all about so the john j institute the the group that the bishops themselves hired to look at what was going on came back and said this is a homosexual problem 86.6 percent if i recall correctly of all the abuse cases were on post pubescent males and the bishops told them, no, you go back, you rewrite it and you state that it's not a homosexual problem. So the bishops covered it up. So they came back and said, well, 86.6% of this is all about post-pubescent males, but it's not a homosexual problem. Like, really? <laughs> the John Jay Institute said. So pedophilia is the violation of prepubescent children. Less than 3% of all of these cases were pedophilia. Okay, here's a new one. Efeb- efebophilia, ephebophilia, E-P-H-E-B-O-philia, ephebophilia, is the violation of post-pubescent children, pederasty, particularly post-pubescent males. That is what we are dealing with here. So, yeah, it's homosexual. It's homosexual in origin. This is why... These homosexuals have joined the Catholic Church so that they can, what's the word for predate, what's the verb for predate? No, well, it's predation. Predation is uh, being a predatory person. I don't know if it translates into a verb, but uh, they can take advantage of post-pubescent males is what this is all about. Now we need to make an important distinction. There are some very, very good people who struggle with homosexual orientation. All of us struggle with different things. That doesn't mean that we're a bad person just because we have certain weaknesses. And the church recognizes that orientation is not evil. Well, (laughs) it does. That's bad. The Bible says it isn't. The Bible says it's pure evil. Even the effeminate will not enter into the kingdom of heaven is what the Bible says. And in the Old Testament, and paul says in romans chapter 1 that peop- that males who sleep with males as they would with females are worthy of death and vice versa so it's it's a, it's an abomination and a death penalty was proscribed prescribed in the old testament for homosexual yeah, period period the death penalty and Paul verifies that people who engage in such, such activities are worthy of death. That's in the New Testament, folks. So the church recognizes it wrong. It, even the orientation is evil. But it is the activity which is evil. It's even more evil if you actually practice it. And so for these men who want to live a good life and who are trying to fight, what? well, here, let's get real. The Catholic Church, the average priest in the Catholic Church, is a functionary. He is playing a role. Most of these priests that come into the Catholic seminaries today are homosexuals who know that if they become a priest, they have an easy life, they have easy scores for children because the bishops cover up for their homosexual behavior, and they are irresponsible, totally irresponsible. Irresponsible. Brother Aber says chicken hawk, right? Used in the seventies. Men who love boys. Chicken hawks, right? There's also, a, there's also a term minor attracted person, MAP. Yeah, they're all, they're all over the map, so to speak, sexually. Yes. And many of them in the gay pride marches are in fact paid actors. The, the (laughs) Jesuits, the Jesuits. Thank you, Lily. (laughs) So there's no end to paid actors. So, and that's true of a lot of these gay parades, but except for the one in Kyrgyzstan, where, because the Jews are so heavily into homosexuality that they don't need to pay actors in uh, Tel Aviv to march in their annual gay parade, right? But nevertheless, the fact of the matter is that homosexuals, for the most part, I'm just guessing here, I don't know if any statistics have been done on this, but homosexuals tend to be predatory and militant. For the predatory, militant crowd of homosexuals, they're the ones who do the most damage. There is a small group of homosexuals. Uh, from the good old days when they were still in the closet and they had their gay bars and they had their gay parties and that sort of thing, didn't infiltrate the society. They just had their own subculture. Those gays still exist, and they are full of alarm at what's going on, the very militant homosexuals that dominate the scene today. Because I guess that gives them a bad name, right? Anyway... So, uh, you can see, since this is a obviously a Catholic article, they're going to be soft-pedaling the, the news and n- never talking about the Jews, all right? So, so, this is why he says, the Church recognizes that that, that orientation is not evil. That, the hell it isn't. It is pure evil. It is condemned by death in the Bible itself. Uh, of course, the Catholics have a different version of the Bible. It doesn't have the same... Ten Commandments they have altered the Ten Commandments to suit the Catholic Church, especially the idol worship part and he continues well, this is a cross, so there's good men who are homosexuals, and they just have a cross to bear no they every time they see a child, they are tempted, and then once they, when they are tempted, they might act out. This is a huge problem it's not just a cross. It's a an evil activity, an evil lifestyle. And the article continues, and it is a huge cross that they have to carry. Yeah, well, get rid of it then. <laughs> In fact, you can think how much God loves these people if he allows them to carry a cross that is that big. It's, he does not allow them. It's the church that allows them to behave this way. It, Again, here we're talking about Judeo-Christianity, and the Catholic Church is one of the biggest Judeo-Christian denominations, if not the biggest. Now we need, as again we look at our own selves, we can say, all right, there are some, for instance, who struggle with alcohol, or people who struggle with pornography, whatever. If they're really trying to fight against those temptations, these are good people with a weakness. Okay, that's probably true of most of us, But the homosexual lifestyle is a completely different lifestyle. Even the the old-fashioned homosexuals who don't want to be as brazen as the militant homosexuals, they can stray and they, they predate, is that the correct verb, predate, on children. That's different, for instance, from the drug dealer or from the guy who is making pornography or the guy is usually a Jew or the guy who is trafficking the women or something else, more Jews. Those people are pigs. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. That's the closest he's going to come to naming the Jew. (laughs) Those people are Jew pigs. The guy who is struggling and trying to live a good life is a good person with a weakness. Yeah. Well, that weakness can get out of hand. You know, it's like alcoholism, you know you got to have that shot of booze you can't live without it that's more than a weakness it's a lifestyle inhibitor you can't it's very hard to break out of well it's an addiction pornography and homosexuality are addictions you get addicted to taking advantage, predation taking advantage of people that's what the rapists get high off is the, the fact that they're abusing these people and having power over them. It's a power trip. That's what it really is. Now, that's different, for instance, from a drug dealer. No, it's not really. Not really. Uh, well, a lot of, there's homosexual pimps as well. I wonder how many, these Catholic priests who've been doing this for now for well over Fifty years since the 1970s, well over 50 years, have no intention of changing their lifestyle. They have no intention of, quote-unquote, overcoming their weaknesses, unquote. No intention whatsoever. And he wants us to keep this soft-pedal distinction between, you know, hardcore people and the people who merely have weaknesses. Well, you know, when you start doing drugs your addiction keeps getting worse. You have to, at some point, stop doing drugs. And so the church is very clear that even for men with a deep-seated homosexual tendency, that they are not to go to the seminary. (laughs) Well, yeah. Oh, so why don't they enforce that rule? That rule has never been enforced by the church. And one thing that I remember very plainly from that article by that heterosexual seminarian in San Diego. He said that uh, the, the, the problem is so bad that the church and the fact is that there's so few heterosexual applicants coming into the Catholic Church that the church has had no choice but to accept homosexuals. Okay? So, In other words, the Catholic Church is, is losing priests, has been losing priests for decades now. Nobody, no straight white male wants to be a priest anymore. So that's why they've started accepting homosexuals and it's over for the Catholic Church. It's just plain over. They can't attract a heterosexual male into the priesthood anymore. Okay. Now, whether it has something to do with celibacy, I don't know, but, uh, it doesn't seem to have been a problem for, no, do know, 1,800 years, 1,700 years, but well, we don't know about that. All I know is that in Ireland, a lot of nuns have babies, <laughs> right, and nuns have abortions in Ireland. I don't know if that's true of other countries as well, all right? So let's continue. Yes, it's a huge cross to bear, and you have to throw it aside. You have to quit doing it. Anyway. Now we need, as again, we looked at our own selves, oh yeah, we bring it back to our own selves, those of us who are not guilty of this particular offense. We can say, all right, there are some, for instance, who struggle with alcohol and blah, blah, blah. And so the church is very clear that even for men with a deep-seated homosexual tendency that they are not to go to the seminary, That's should be enforced, but it isn't. Forget that. That's, that's a, uh, you know... Finger pointing, you know, you shouldn't do that, but the, the church is not interested in enforcing any such thing. Not no interest whatsoever. And yeah, but boy, boy, this is really soft pedaling the issue. Anyway, that's not because the church is being discriminatory or hates these people. Oh, you can't discriminate. You can't hate. They'd be accused of a hate crime by accusing homosexuals of being evil. But rather because the same principle, if you look at it and say, would you take somebody who is struggling with an alcohol addiction to a bar? (laughs) Well, if you want to get them drunk, yeah, it's a point of temptation. There you go. We don't allow men into women's convents, supposedly, because it's not going to be long before somebody's going to be having problems, not to mention babies. And that's what the church is looking at to say this is not good. Man, is Is this feeble language? Feeble language at its best, Christian Israel. He's almost apologetic. In his language, no, not almost, is. He's apologetic for having to say homosexuality is evil. Totally apologetic. Yeah, (laughs) when they use the word pray, they spell it (laughs) P-R-E-Y. Not P-R-A-Y. Thank you, Mr. Kim Smith. Yeah, they're, yes, those gays from the old days our closet militants. Yeah, and they've come out of the closet. Right, and they've announced that we are after your children. That's what they do at these gay parades. They're just open about it. Yeah, all right, you straight people, we're after your children. The chicken hawks. And unfortunately, the uh, the secular world, you know, what, what do you expect from the secular world? It's materialism. That they could care less I mean, there are heterosexual couples who are having children who are volunteering their children, you know, to go to these homosexual classes. You know, they they simply think it's all right. They don't realize that homosexuality is a predatory institution. Predatory. Highly predatory. And abusive. I remember in the, I think it was in the late 70s or mid-70s, when all these revelations uh, come out about San Francisco and they, how how unbelievably debauched the gay community in San Francisco was with their, I think, uh, I don't remember, the, I think they call it a fairy ring where a bunch of homosexual males get in a circle and abuse each other at the same time, right? A fairy ring, if I'm correct, or a daisy chain. I think it might have been a daisy chain. And uh, the, the attractiveness to the homosexual community that initially was uh, anonymous sex. So the, whoever, you don't know the person you're having sex with. Put a bag over its head, right? You don't want to know who you're having sex with. You're just in it for self-gratification. That's all you're in it for. You don't even want to know that person. That's what was going on in San Francisco in the early days, and it can't possibly have gotten any better for the homosexual community at large. So, go back to when I was in college seminary. I was having a conversation with another seminarian. In the midst of the conversation, he looked at me and said, Would you ever consider taking a shower in the women's locker room? I said, Certainly not. He said, well, why not? I said, well, the temptations and the problems. And he he said, you're right. Now you know what I have to go through when I go into a men's locker room. (laughs) Oh, no. So he was announcing, he was announcing his homosexuality to this priest. I wonder if the priest caught on. Okay. I thought, oh my goodness. Yuck. This is why the church says even for these He still calls them good men. For all these so-called men who are struggling and trying to overcome this, was this priest trying to overcome it? I don't think so, folks. We don't want to put them in a point of temptation while the church has totally abandoned that practice. No, they have been encouraging it since at least the 1970s. So, Uh, This, obviously, this Catholic priest here is doing a snow job for Catholics who are really concerned about predatory priests and wondering if, well, should I allow my son to be an altar boy? I was never an altar boy, and I never heard of any of my altar boy friends, and a lot of my friends were altar boys. I was not interested, uh, that uh, that they never complained to me about anything like this. On the other hand, there is one case that I suspected. There was something suspicious happening uh, to this boy because he had a a too friendly relationship with Father... Should I... I remember the priest's name. Should I even say it on the air? (laughs) But his the first syllable of his name was muck father muck i'll leave it at that anyway so uh which is actually a, a fine german name muck m u c k anyway the uh there was something odd between these two and uh so i'll just leave it at that okay anyway uh in 1983 is when our seminary was at its absolute worst I started in 80, in 85. I was getting slightly better. What do you mean? Are, are you, are you a recovered homosexual? Is that what he's saying? I was getting slightly better. Oh, it, I'm sorry. It, it was getting slightly better. Slightly. Very slightly. But these people were so arrogant. Yeah, there you go. They're absolutely arrogant about their uh, predatory behavior absolutely arrogant like we have a right to molest children it's our right that's how they they see this i should point out when i was in the seminary if you were not homosexual or a radical feminist you were in big trouble there you go that shows you what a bad state the catholic church is in folks absolutely horrible One of the professors actually was arrogant enough to stand up in front of the class and say, Martin Luther had the right idea, but he did it the wrong way. He left the church. (laughs) You can't change the church from the outside. You can only change it from the inside. So we're not leaving, unquote. They announce, what's the Bible say? They commit their sin. They hide it not. Okay, that's where we're at. So these are people with an agenda, you think? And what are the two groups? The two groups are, number one, a group of predatory homosexuals. That is the pro- the operative word, predatory. And most people who think that homosexuality, that most of them on the left and some conservatives in the Republican Party, And there are a lot of them in the Republican Party, too. Should I even dare refer to them as conservatives? No, if you're a homosexual Republican, you are not a conservative. You're an infiltrator. They started their, and he uses the word infiltration in the next sentence, they started their infiltration of the church in 1924. There you go. You want to look it up? There is a book called The Homosexual Network written in 1982. So this is 20 years before all of this stuff hit. A man named Enrique Rueda looked at all of this, studied all of their own publications. They were publishing every year the number of seminarians, priests, and bishops they had. He traced it back to when they started. It began in 1924. And then five years later, in 1929, the communists began their infiltration of the priesthood. We're talking Jews and uh, Goy communists, inspired and paid by Jews. That began in 1924, okay? Uh, sorry, 1929. And the communists began their infiltration of the priesthood, and the two groups did exactly the same thing, yes. And there are so many communist priests, most of them who are also homosexual, that you can't even count them. You want to read about the communist one? There is a woman by the name of Bella Dodd who was a deep-seated communist who got out of communism and converted to the faith. She testified before Congress in 1953. And in that testimony, she said that we got the instructions from the Kremlin in 1929 as to what we were to do. And she said we were to take the best and the brightest, the guys who were smart enough to live a double life, good-looking guys who were sociable so that they would be noticed by their bishop. <laughs> so they would be noticed by the bishop. How about that? And they would get promoted. They would become vac- vocation directors. Maybe that's a misprint. Maybe it's supposed to say vacation directors. They would become bishops. They would become rectors of seminaries. They would have influential positions. And she said, We were successful beyond our wildest imagination. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, and that's that's where we in identity get most of our information from, from from the lips of the you know, the evil ones themselves. My book, The Great Impersonation, is chock full of quotations from Jews admitting who and what they are, right? Admitting who and what they are, and so Bella Dodd did the same thing. You know, but she was in there. She had she was a communist, and she's what a Remonstrant Communists. She turned against it. As many people have, and there's more people, there's more remonstrant Communists out there than you realize, but not all of them have written books explaining how bad and how, you know, how evil this infiltration is. Anyway, we were successful beyond our wildest dreams, she says. Yes, they were, and still are. Uh, Lily says, Illinois became the first state in the U.S. to get rid of its sodomy law. That's because there's so many Jews in Illinois. It did so in 1961 when it adopted an overall revision of its criminal laws. I did not know that. Another reason for me to get out of Illinois. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's continue. Besides the uh smoke blowing down from Canada, totally contrary to the usual wind patterns you know having lived and grown up living in chicago since 1951 the only time we ever had winds blowing south from canada was never <laughs> we never had wind blowing south from canada never absolutely never happened what we did have was sometimes lake effect snow you know when it was cold and the the rising, the, the warm uh, you know, air coming over Chicago and coming over a, a cold Lake Michigan would sometimes precipitate a backward cyclone. So you get a little bit of snow coming from the north. But this was always very gentle. Nothing like this. And it's very local. Uh, I never remember one time that we had wind coming from the north. Certainly not as far as Canada. Never happened before. This is a completely unique phenomenon, folks. It's obviously harp-related. All right, well, let's continue. So, huh, they're taking the best and the brightest. And then the rest of us schmucks got sent to Vietnam. She said, I am personally responsible for more than 1,200 seminarians, priests, and bishops. Wow. Wow. And in 1953, mind you, again, now they started in 1929. In 1953, she said, we already have four cardinals in the Vatican. And now they've got a poop. That was in 1953. It's way worse today. So we have these two groups. Now, imagine yourself being a Catholic, sitting in this church, hearing this. And you never dreamed that this is how bad it was in the Catholic Church. There's no no way to reform the Catholic Church. It's over. It's part of the Antichrist system, as those of us in identity know. But a lot of Catholics are still hoping and praying, or they've actually bought into the homosexual agenda and don't think anything of it. I mean, what did Yahshua say? Those who abuse these little ones, their fate is worse. It would be better they have a a stone wrapped around their necks and thrown into the lake or into the sea than to keep doing what they're doing. They will certainly go to hell. They got a one-way ticket to hell with a stone around their necks. We are dealing with a group of predatory homosexuals who became priests not to serve the church, but to destroy her from within. Amen and amen. Wow, I can't believe I heard this from the lips of a Catholic priest, because this is the absolute truth, folks. In this, they are at every level. There was, there is an article that just came out from the Catholic Register in which six priests from the Newark diocese were interviewed, and they spoke about the homosexual network in their diocese. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with the word diocese, it's like the uh, local chapter of, of the particular church everybody goes to. Each church has a diocese, you know, for where the Catholics come to go to services on Sunday or Saturday, whatever. And then uh, if there's a church closer to you, you might join the other diocese. It's in all of them, not just in Newark. They cover up for one another. They share their victims with one, with one another. They do all kinds of horrible things. It is so widespread now that there's actually talk on the federal level of using the RICO laws against the church because of this kind of nonsense that's been going on. Excuse me. I have to scroll up and get this priest's name again. Father Robert Altier. Father Robert Altier. So he's admitting how bad the problem is. Do you really think that these homosexuals who infiltrated the church deliberately to corrupt it, do you think there's any way that these people can be talked out of their communism and their homosexuality and their predation? Do you really think there's any possibility of that? No way. They have to be kicked out. But if they get kicked out, there won't be any priests left. Okay, And people ask, why don't the good priests speak up? I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He looked at me and said, quote, I've known about this for 50 years. What I've been saying (laughs) since 1970. And you've known about it for 40 years. Yep, it's about time it's coming out. So why didn't somebody speak up? Number one, if I would have stood here even a couple years ago, Would you have believed what I am telling you? Number two, who were we supposed to go to? It was at every single level, all the way up to the top. You wanted to be ordained a priest. You couldn't say a word. And even as a priest, you can't. Right, because maybe the, the homosexuals in the priest might bump you off or rape you. Again, these priests that weren't interviewed in the Catholic Register were interviewed only because of anonymity. It required anonymity because they were afraid of what was going to happen to them if the bishops and the people at the chancery found out who it was that spoke. Right? Not that found out about their homosexuality, that they were afraid that they'd find out who spoke up, who was interviewed and revealed these things. That's what they were afraid of. These people have that much power. Kind of like the Jews in our society, right? And so we need to realize that. So again, just to tell you a quick story. Isn't it amazing? It took 50 years for a Catholic priests at a Catholic diocese to announce these things in a Catholic church. There's an old saying, if you have a disease, deal with it immediately. The longer you wait, the worse it gets. And that's what has happened here in the Catholic Church. But the reason why, and I remember this very plainly from that San Diego article, that already in the early 1970s, the Catholic Church was having difficulty attracting heterosexual men, because plain and simply because the Catholic Church had lost them. And once once those heterosexual men failed to go in the seminary, then that opened the door for these radical homosexuals and communists, etc. So that's that's how the real reason why it began. The Catholic Church had a dilemma; they weren't attracting enough priests to keep their institution going, so they had no choice but to accept homosexuals. So. These people have that much power. Yes, they do, and so we need to realize that. Yeah, but we, what are you going to do about it? So again, just to tell you a quick story about how bad things were. When I was in the seminary, you would put up their, they would put up their communist propaganda. I would rip it down, and every time I would do that, there would be an announcement: Quote, "Whoever is taking the notices off the bulletin board." <laughs> When I would put up a notice that says we were going to pray the rosary, that would get torn down immediately and there was never anything said. Now having said that, thankfully the seminary today is way, way better. No, it's not better. It's just more discreet. It's not better. It's just more discreet. Especially because these priests are afraid of being prosecuted. And... You can't prosecute, you can't get anywhere with the Catholic Church. They will simply move them from one diocese to the the other. Individual parents whose children have been molested by these priests have to sue them in local court. And that's the only way to succeed against these people. This, This will put the fear of God in these homosexual priests. Nothing else will. So where are all the gay bashers? that the gays always talk about. Where are they? Where are the Catholic gay bashers? Where are they? A homosexual is 90 times more likely to be bashed by a fellow homosexual than by a gay basher. They molest each other, not just sexually, but they abuse each other. Maybe somebody can pull up the the statistics on how bad this problem really is. You know, they always, the mainstream media is full of gay bashing articles, but they will never have an article on how bad gays bash one another and kill one another. When I was living in Chicago, I had the occasion to work in the the thickest gay neighborhood. It's uh, Diversity and Broadway in Chicago. And when I was working in the apartment buildings there, I would occasionally run into, uh, or work in a, an apartment that was full of homosexuals, one or more, usually more. And uh, the, the worst, the absolute worst homosexuals, the most flamboyant, are blacks. Absolutely, the most flamboyant homosexual men, are blacks. You, you wouldn't believe the way they behave, you know, I mean, they, they go through all, they try to imitate a woman in every possible mannerism of speech, you know, the way, the way they dress. And, and of course the pink, <laughs> and, and uh, the, the rainbow coalition colors, right. And the way they talk is just, Oh man, it's just, it's so sickening. It's funny. Anyway, these young guys are not having to deal with this trash. No, he's wrong here. They're dealing with it is just still under the surface. They, they, they've been told not to not to be so demonstrative. They've been told because the Catholic Church stands to lose everything it has. But he says that was the climate at the time. Now if we just use the McCarrick situation I think McCarrick is a uh, bishop. Since that's been in the news, everyone is disgusted with what this man did to boys and to young men, and rightly so. But anybody, by the way, who thinks that all of this is just great, they're such nice people and they're, they're no different, look at what McCarrick did. That is what predatory homosexuality looks like. And I guarantee you, folks, all homosexuality is predatory. With the exception of, let's, let's say, the, the shy contingent of homosexuals who don't want to get caught, that don't don't want to get sued, that's probably the only reason they're not as flamboyant and as predatory and as militant as the other homosexuals. What kind of men do you think might have been elevated to be bishops by somebody like this? <laughs> The whole church is riddled with them. Uh, I hope the Catholics in the audience are listening. (laughs) Nimblehorse says, muck in the Scottish Gaelic means pig. That's very interesting. Uh, Jews in suits. Yeah, Jews in in pig flesh, in pig costumes, right? Thank you for that. I didn't know that. Anyway, Father Muck. I always assumed it was a German and maybe he wasn't German. And as sad as this is, we have to recognize that it's actually so- no, what do you mean? What's very good. Oh, okay. So that uh that uh news about this stuff is coming out. But let me uh so he finally gets around to talking about Jesus. Uh <laughs> I missed a paragraph here. Now you understand why all that we get is fluff and stuff instead of good homilies. Yeah, well, they never talk about the Jews. Never! They used to have, uh, especially around Passover and Easter, they would talk about the Jews, the scribes and Pharisees, murdering Jesus. They used to say stuff like that in the Catholic Church. Not anymore. It's all fluff and stuff about the Jews. You understand why there are problems in the world, that aren't being addressed? That's what it is about. Where is the doctrinal integrity? Yeah, indeed. Where is the moral teaching? Indeed. Where is it? The churches are totally corrupt. They're, far, they're too far gone. There's no way. Any of these churches, any of them, with the possible exception, outside of identity, that is, of the primitive Baptist church, the Primitive Baptist Church still practices racial segregation. They're all over the country, but they're few and far between. There are several in Texas. I looked into it while I was down there for the last congregation we had. Anyway, now there are, after this grand jury report came out a few days ago from Pennsylvania, there are several more states that are already talking about doing their own grand jury investigation. It will probably go all over the place So I say to simply say there is going to be more in the news coming up, and I'll bet the homosexuals in the Catholic Church are pooping in their pants. Nevertheless, they will be protected by the Catholic establishment as much as possible. So it's going to have to come down to lawsuits by local parents. That's what it's going to have, and by local victims. That's what it's going to have to be. Put the fear of God into these predatory homosexuals. So, here, this is another good sign that people are finally fighting back against all of this evil, ensconced evil, in our institutions. People are beginning to fight back. And as sad as this is, we have to recognize that it is actually something very good. Now, what does he mean by good? The fact that the lawsuits are finally happening? It is the purification of the church, and that is going to lead ultimately to her crucifixion. <laughs> well, I'm not exactly sure in what sense he means. The purification is going to lead to the, her crucifixion. Does he mean that the heterosexual priests are going to be crucified by the homosexual priests? Is that what he means? The, the poop in the Vatican is not going to reform the church. Amen. That's not going to happen so the the church has crucified itself by its own immorality not many are going to remain faithful unfortunately yeah that's true i mean that the catholic church is losing white people in droves because it just does not serve the interests of heterosexual white people it does not serve our interests anymore it hasn't done so for 50 years but, we, uh, and uh, even longer than that, when you consider the fact that the Catholic Church, you know, came into America converting by the sword, and, uh, and then uh, came into America with its Christmas and, uh, and Easter stuff, which the American people never practiced until the Catholic Church uh, to the Irish came in here en masse during the Civil War. Our country never practiced Easter and Christmas until then, okay? But when we look at it and say, well, if this is go- what's going on in the church, what are we supposed to do? Indeed, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to look at Jesus and say exactly what St. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus founded one church, and that one church is the only institution in the world for the salvation of no. No, it is Israel, true Israel, is the only institution in the world for the salvation of souls. The Catholic Church claims that it was founded for that purpose and it will remain to the end of the world for that purpose. Well, we we can see that the Catholic Church was instituted to support itself in the name of Christ. In the name of. He continues, I have spoken with a number of people in the last week or two about what's going on, prayerful, holy people, and they have all concurred on the same point. Our Lady's work has finally begun. Praise God. Hopefully. I mean, that's, uh, that's a pipe dream. That's, uh, the Catholic Church is gone. The, the, the one faction of it that is actually doing some good is the, um, b- back to, the pre-Vatican II movement—I forget what they call themselves. Some of them call themselves Charismatics, but uh, the movement uh, of those pre-Vatican II Catholics is, uh, you know, tra- traditional Catholics. Also, they also call themselves. Those people are decent people. There's no doubt about it. The rest of the church is absolutely gone, totally gone, and uh, there's there's no hope for for the rest of the Catholic Church. So. It's, It's a corrupt institution from the get-go. Peter was never in Rome. The Catholic Church, one of the hopes, issued a bull, and I do mean bull, (laughs) that stated, well, Peter was the first bishop of Rome. No, there's not. No, he wasn't. He was never in Rome. He was never in Rome. Peter was sent to Babylon, not to Rome. And Paul was in Rome. And look what happened to him, right? Paul was eminently qualified to be a bishop of Rome. But they executed him. So th- there you go. Why would they execute Paul and not Peter? So, folks, the very important, are if you have Catholic friends, uh, I put the link in the chat room. Uh, please, by all means, share this article with your Catholic friends so they can, you know, wake up and see the coffee, and smell the stench that's going on at the most sacred of places, the altar of God. Okay, one more point. I have a couple more minutes here. He claims that Our Lady gave the bishop 16 years to clean up this mess, and they did nothing. Yeah, they're not going to do anything. Now we are hearing from the bishops the same thing that we heard back in 2002. Oh, we need more policies, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. Nonsense. We need action. We don't need more policies, but nobody is listening. It's too late. Thank you very much. Honest talk from a Catholic priest. It is too late. The Catholic Church is gone. The bishops are even admitting that they have lost all of their moral authority. Nobody trusts them anymore. Praise Yahweh. We need to have the same thing happen with the Jews. That nobody trusts them anymore. And that day is coming, folks. That day is coming. We just keep have to keep pounding home the message. Have to keep pounding the message that the Jews are the evil ones. They are not God's chosen people. They have infiltrated Judeo-Christianity. In fact, they created Judeo-Christianity. And have totally wiped out any semblance of true Christianity in the world today, except for identity. And they will never wipe us out. They fear us, because they know that we act in the name of our God, Yahweh, and they are antagonistic to Yahweh, while falsely claiming to believe in Him. All right? A couple more sentences here. Let me... Let me repeat these last two sentences, because this is really good. The bishops are even admitting that they have lost all of their moral authority. Nobody trusts them anymore, which is really sad, because we do have some really good bishops, and they are going to get lumped into the same group. Yeah. Oh, if you're not a homosexual, we will find some way to make your life miserable Either rape you or get rid of you one way or another. That's how bad it is in the Catholic Church, folks. Don't pretend otherwise. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. Keep telling the truth. We are having an effect. Yahweh bless, everybody. Bye-bye.